0: Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Adam. This is Here's the Deal. Uh, We have our first ever podcast today. First ever. We are lucky enough to have Tim Brotz, a real estate expert in the multifamily space. He's based out of Cleveland, buying uh, property all over the country.
1: Right. He has, uh, I think, 3,200 units as of today and $250 million portfolio. And And counting. He probably has more since we talked to him four days ago. So um, we hope you enjoy this. You can hear from Tim, um, gives you a lot of really good insight on his philosophy and why he does what he does and how he's
0: changed the lives of all sorts of people. How he builds his team, um, some of his ups and downs and how he's worked through those. So hope you enjoy the show and uh, thanks for listening.
2: Here's The Deal, a podcast with Paul and Adam, the Vincent brothers, all about deals. How they work, why they work, people behind them. So, without further ado, here's The Deal.
1: All right, and we are recording. I'm Paul Vincent. Hey, everybody. Adam Vincent. And uh, this is our inaugural podcast uh, on Here's The Deal. That's right. And uh, we're lucky enough to have uh, one of Cleveland's finest, Tim Brotz, uh, wizard behind Commercial Empire and how many, a bazillion? departments. (laughs) departments. <laughs> Counting.
3: Yeah, you guys are rounding up now. Just... <laughs> yes,
1: it's a rounding error. Uh, <laughs> we we're real flattered to have him and uh, we're going to talk about some stuff, uh, his deals, what he does, some insight on those deals and then um, you know, what does he do outside of his
0: typical day-to-day deal? Yeah, so, so thanks for being on, Tim. Appreciate it.
3: Hey, I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you guys having me, pumped up for uh, yeah, the Here's the Deal podcast, and now yeah, we'll you guys going to be dropping knowledge bombs on everybody, so yeah. I'm excited for that's,
1: it. That's the goal. Hopefully, don't turn it off yet. It'll get better. <laughs> I promise. Uh, so, you know, we chatted a little bit about you, but why don't you tell uh, listeners about Tim Brots and what, what you Yeah.
3: Heard? I mean, I'm a, I'm a kid from Cleveland, right, and going through high school and college was... Uh, I was going through college 03 to 07, saw a lot of people making money in real estate. And that's what kind of piqued my interest. I was money motivated right back then and um, decided I got into real estate after college, moved out to New York City, became a real estate broker, uh, not a broker, but an agent for commercial real estate. And I brokered this lease. We would we either represent businesses or landlords and um, lease out retail space, office space. And I brokered a retail lease in uh, Greenwich Village area of Manhattan. It was 400 square feet, and we signed a lease for $10,000 a month with a 4% annual increase. That'll do. And a 12 year lease term. And this guy had, that was one unit out of seven or eight retail spaces and like 15 stories of apartments. And I, I learned about this thing called residual income doing something once, getting paid on it over and over and over again, right? I was brokering at the time. I was always trading my time for money and earning transactional income. And so, if I went to work, I'd get paid. I'd have to go do it again in order to get paid again, again, and again, and again. So when I learned about residual income and this, this idea of passive income and mailbox money, um, I, was, I was hooked, right? And there was like no turning back. And so I was like, I'm going to become a real estate investor. I you know, went to all the courses, and bought all the classes and online stuff and everything. And um, uh, just out of, out of life, moved down to Charleston, South Carolina, just wanted some more like higher quality of life and ended up uh, uh, down in Charleston going through this analysis paralysis phase that I think a lot of, especially yeah. real estate investors, probably a lot of entrepreneurs altogether go through, and they're like, I need to know everything before I do anything, right? Yeah. Um, and for, for me, I, I did that for about six months, and I was like, I can't learn how to swim by reading about it in a book. I need to actually jump into the water. And, um, and that's what I ended up doing. So uh, this is 2009 now, bought my first – Uh, it was a little duplex in 2009, in the hood, right? Tough neighborhood. And the market just shifted. Everybody's saying run from real estate. And um, nobody's going to give some punk 23-year-old kid uh, who's never done a deal before any money in the worst economic recession that this country's ever had, right? And so um, I was like, how can I get the money, right? Instead of telling myself I can't get the money, you ask yourself a question, right? When you tell yourself something, a statement, uh, it shuts off the creative juices from flowing. And so um, when you ask yourself a question, it leads you to an answer, which may lead to another question. Better questions lead to better answers. And um, uh, that's that, that resourceful attitude um, and mindset is something that's that's played, I think, a big part in uh, a lot of my success in, in business. And so um, instead of telling myself that I can't do something, I say, hey, how can I do it? It leads me down a road of um, opportunities or solutions or possibilities. And I ended up calling my credit card company, got them to increase my credit card limit. I bought the house on my credit card, physically did all the work myself, knocked on doors, sold it to one of the neighbors, walked away with about $14,000 in 75 days. And uh, I was like, done let's do it again let's do it again let's do it again right and then you get into these other things uh for anybody who's familiar in real estate things called wholesaling which is like a signing of contracts um flipping houses the stuff you see yeah this yeah you talk to attorneys for that right uh (laughs) uh, flipping of houses the stuff you see on hgtv got into that and then i got into buying some single family rental houses and small multifamily duplexes quadplexes triplexes and um uh, fell into an eight unit apartment building in 2012, 2013. And, um, it was just, you know, they bought it for pennies and you couldn't lose on it. And I realized that as I was going through this transition of real estate investing, um, I really liked the idea of the residual income, right? That's why we got into real estate. That's why I think a lot of people get into real estate. And, um, I was like, why am I doing the transactional stuff? That's, you know, puts food on the table. That's cool. But let's just focus on apartment building. So, Built up uh, a little bit of a business, had some business partners. Uh, that kind of that partnership kind of fell apart in about three years later, 2015, 2016. So I've been doing my own thing for the past three, four years. And um, uh, we had to liquidate everything four years ago and just been building up on, on my own over the past four years. But I think sometimes those things that you think are like a setback really are, are, are really set up for better things in the future. And uh, although the partnership failed, um, it was an awesome learning experience. Those guys learned a lot. I learned a lot and uh, been able to, you know, just kind of have some breathing room since that uh, I've been on my own and it's really let me kind of spread my wings and, and do some cool stuff. So today I'm at, I'm at um, what well, we were just talking before we, we turned on the microphone and recording that I'm close on 492 units today. And so I'm at, I'm at 2,700 units today. After today, when those 500 units transfer, will be a little over 3,200 apartment units.
0: That'll do. Um, nice.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so that's cool. You're
1: know, 90- not stopping at 3,200 either,
3: right? No, no. We got some other stuff in the pipeline, looking at some um, development stuff. I don't develop to sell because I think it's pretty risky. I always develop. Uh, I Everything that I do now has long-term hold. Sure. Uh, is, is the goal right? Um, I don't do anything speculative for resale. I, I, when right, when right. the market shifted last time, that's when a lot of people. have time really to resale. Sure. Yep. So I just buy for cash flow. So I'll I'll buy and renovate an existing apartment building, and then put better management in place, and um, you know update the amenities and, and um, yep. you know the, update the, the, the units, and then when we do that, uh, we refinance, cash out our investors, and we hold on to it long term, yeah, or we build. Cool. Yeah, and then do the same thing once it's all built and stabilized, meaning it's it's all occupied and everything with management in place, then we refinance, cash out our investors, and then and then hang on to it for 10, 12, 15 years, and we'll figure out what we'll do when the market, you know, where the market's at in 15 years.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and that's the, you know, that's the value-add stuff. Maybe we can talk a little bit deeper about that here shortly, but one thing I want to mention is what I think everybody will see going forward in all these podcasts, but especially with Tim, is like people that do really well are curious, you know, like Tim was talking about why I bought some stuff, bought some classes, bought some books, and this is what I want to do. But like, if you're not curious, you're not going to do anything. Like if you don't go out of your way to go figure something out um, or go meet with somebody or, you know, go do that networking event that you don't want to because you want to go meet, you know, Mr. or Mrs. X. um, That's very important. So, you know, everybody we talk to, I know on every podcast, every single guest, because, you know, hopefully we talk to other ballers too, but they're all going to be curious. And that's like, the big, big important piece if you want to get, get after it is you know find something you're interested in, find something you're curious about, and just
0: go chase after it. Yeah, and one of the really good things, I think you said, I wrote it down, I made a note. <laughs> uh, it. You talked about how a challenge should lead to a question, which then leads to answers, and then acting on those answers. And I mean, like, that's a really good formula uh, that's for the anybody deal. out that's there. That's the deal right there. There yeah. you go. That's yep.
1: right. And it, it's funny, too, you make mention of, like, hey, you know, talk about curiosity, you know, I bugged you whenever that was, a year or two ago or whenever that was. And I was like, hey, man, let's go. I'll be that annoying guy that like, picks your brain over a cup of coffee or whatever it is. And, uh, but that's because I was like, well, this guy's doing really well. And it's kind of like how real estate attracted you to, you know, get into it. Like, same for me. Like, we do a lot of real estate law. And I'm like, well, if we're doing a bunch of real estate law, I should go meet this guy that's like, you know, everybody's um, chasing after. And I'm he's doing all the, the real estate in town, you know. So, anyway, uh, be curious, you know, and that's kind of what.
3: Worth- I mean, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, Absolutely. like I, I get a lot of people who reach out to me, right? And they're like, hey, can you mentor? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, And and if I did it all the time, if I went and grabbed coffee with people all the time, like you have to do that stuff, especially early on. I was always reaching out to people and um, uh, sitting down with people and and I still do. It's just, you have to be very limited once you get to a certain place. Um, and, um, And realizing that every time you go in and take away from, like you go and sit down with somebody, make sure it's advancing, your business or your life in some way. Right. So, um, how's it going to help you personally, professionally. And, um, cause otherwise it's taking you away from your business and otherwise it's taking you away from your family. And that's not what, what you want. So, um, you gotta be just very intentional on, on those meetings and all that kind of stuff. But, um, dude, if you find somebody that you want to connect with, you got to yeah. reach out to them and, yes. and, and not like in a way where, where you're trying to take all the time, like what, what can value you give, can you give? Right. <laughs> can I get
1: out of this. If yeah. I, right.
3: Uh, when i was down in charleston south carolina um there's this guy who was big you know kind of guru not really a guru but you know he had a couple courses and he was teaching people he lived in charleston and i sent him a facebook message i was like listen man i will come and cut your grass once a week i will come and work for you for free 2 3 days a week i'll i'll literally shovel your dog crap if you That's need true. me to just yeah. to, just to come out and learn a little bit you don't have to pay me like just just have give me stuff to do i'll work inside the cracks of my other schedule and um, i'll figure out the income stuff somewhere else but all i want to do is learn right and when you when you approach it from that perspective it's more of a giving perspective or at least a two-way street right versus just like let me you know let, let me let me leech onto your brain and suck all the information mm-hmm. out. Nobody, off you. Then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants their brain picked, right? Just think oh, about well, that think. the, the okay. idea of picking someone, yeah. right? It's
1: actually close. Like, so <laughs> not it's not a scam. So yeah. For a but, cup of coffee, not a good trade. <laughs> right.
3: But, uh, but I, think, um,
1: I don't even know if
3: I bought it. <laughs> Well, I mean, one of the reasons I, I met, match up with you and what I was yeah. excited yeah. about sitting down with you is, one, you know, you're – like mostly because you 're an entrepreneur, right I see what you 're doing I see that you um, yeah you 've owned multiple businesses you 're an attorney you 're uh, influential in your own regard, and you got to connect with people right and and it has led us down a road of doing a lot of business together and estate planning stuff and you coming out and speaking at my events and um, uh, on top of all the other business stuff that we do so um, yeah I mean I mean networking is so big and i, and I see uh, you know like I have a two year old and a four year old right and Um, I remember growing up, it's like, don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers, you know? And, and I'm thinking about this. I'm like, everybody, like you were a stranger and now we're very good friends and now we're doing a bunch of deals. Right. And like my buddy, Mark, he was a stranger and now he's a good friend and we go on vacation together. Like everybody is a stranger. Like you got to be open to meeting other people and connecting with other people and networking with other people. And dude, some stranger that you don't know right now probably has a lot of answers to the questions that that you're seeking or solutions to the problems that you're facing, you know? Um, So don't be afraid to meet people and and connect with people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, No, it's funny. We talk about that often where you go to, you go to uh school and hey what's going on
3: it's penelope we
1: got a real star nice. make, we finally make an finally somebody worth working talking. from
3: the home office today yeah <laughs> somebody somebody we're <worth> talking
1: to <laughs> get her back in here uh, <laughs> but we talk about a lot that uh even when we were in college like we would have these networking events and things and it was like the worst thing for you to go like go even talk to kids your own age let alone some you know 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 oh, years terrifying
3: age. right yeah uh,
1: it's like, you know, they, no one spends any time and we could do, you know, years worth of podcasts on that itself, but that should be taught more often, should be discussed more often, should be in more books, stuff like yeah. that. So.
0: No, that's sort of the idea. So it's it's funny, even some of the things you've said without us bringing it up, uh, Part of the idea of the show was just we were in the same position where we were in our early twenties. Early right. We grew up in Garrettsville, Ohio, so the no, county uh, apartment syndication, on, you know, <laughs> right. leases in New York for yeah, you know, 400 that, square feet. We had no idea. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but getting into the world, getting into our profession, you know, it opens the doors to all these interesting areas and things, and learning about new things, and you know th- that. Day to day, people don't hear about. So that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast, but share sort of some of these things. Yeah, what's behind the curtain? Yeah. There's,
1: yeah,
3: there's a lot, man. There's a lot to it. It's you know, when you
0: look back, it's like,
1: that's really it, huh? You right. know, it's like in New York City, the apartment costs that much money. Well, yeah, it's because it's in New York City, but that's it. It's no different than a Garrettsville apartment. It's just worth a lot more.
3: Yeah. yeah. Or, or even single family houses. Like I see a lot of, um, people who, who say, Hey, I want to get into investing in, in real estate. Right. Yeah. And the easiest, maybe lowest barrier of entry or easiest thing to wrap your head around is single family homes. So I live in a single family home. I can go and invest in a single family home. I already know it. I'm already comfortable with it I already. You know, I get it. Right. Um, but buying apartments isn't that much different, right? There's definitely nuances. There's definitely some other things you got to watch out for. And, um, you know, one bad Apple tenant can ruin the whole bunch. That's absolutely um, a, a true fact. Uh, but, I mean, I mean really it really boils down to if you're going to own rental property, you got to do two things. You got to screen the tenants. You got to take care of your property. That will eliminate 99% of all the issues you have. You know who taught me that is the um, housing court judge. In uh, Cuyahoga County, Cleveland, Ohio, right, and that 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 guy's sitting there, and he's telling me he's like, "Listen, all you got to do is take care of your property, screen your tenants. Ninety-nine percent of your problems are, are eliminated." When I was early on, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's all I got to do," and that's all I've done, right? So we have nice apartments. It attracts the best tenants. Now we can we can filter through and only and uh, only um, place the best tenants in our in our units. If somebody's problem, they got to go, right? If they're not respectful to the property or not respectful to the other tenants. They the, they can't be there. So um, uh, when somebody has an issue, guess what? We pick up the phone and we go and and fix it. And so um, yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty simple business if you want to boil it down to that. Now there's a lot of nuances. You got to get financing and funding. Where do you come up with the money and all that kind of stuff? And um, but it's not as complicated as you might think. I have a, a portfolio after today of uh, $250 million of property. I've only invested 75 grand of my own money ever. Yeah. That's wild.
1: That is absolutely wild. And, you know, and, you know, and maybe that's a good, uh, good segue into our next kind of, you know, what is some of the most important things that you put into place to get you to where you bought your first, you know, moving from single family to buying big, you know, 490 unit complexes. What do you think it was that like, just moved you on to that next level, that different skill set. You know,
3: yeah, I, I think it was, um, you know, you know, going through, going through this phase of like t- 2012. Okay. So I buy in 2009, I bought, flipped some houses, had a little bit of success, made a little bit of money, had like 10 rentals and the rentals kicked off enough money to cover all the operating expenses, all the debt service, and then put $3,000 a month in my pocket. My Primary residence, a simple home, simple lifestyle. As a 25 year old kid back then, uh, it cost me like 2,500 bucks to live, right? So I'm financially free at 25 years old. I get into another business, and um, uh, as, I'm, as I'm doing that real estate stuff, I found another company that brokered uh, electricity and natural gas and home services and that kind of stuff. It was a network marketing company and um, got involved with them and learned a lot learned a lot about entrepreneurship, learned a lot about personal development, learned a lot about mindset stuff, uh, but didn't make a lot of money. Right. But I drank the Kool-Aid and did that for two years and, uh, was completely broke in 2012. And, uh, I remember like $25,000 in credit card debt, 65 bucks in my bank account, couldn't make the minimum payments, paying for gas with the coins out of the cup holder of my car and thinking like, like, I had to borrow money to make my mortgage payment. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? I, I knew what I was doing in real estate a couple of years ago and I was financially, I wasn't rich, but I was financially free. Right. When your passive income exceeds what your monthly expenses are, then yeah. you're, you're technically financially free. And, um, I was like, I, I'm getting out, I'm just going to get back in real estate. So, um, got back into real estate and some of the guys in that company that that's who ended up becoming my, my business partners. I remember they, we sat down and, um, they're like, listen, we got into this business so that we could invest in real estate. Why don't we partner up and create this partnership? And so we created a partnership and um, I, w- I went through this phase of like thinking I had to pay my dues, right? I remember sitting across the table from one of my business partners and he goes, he goes, you know what, Tim, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this venture. I'm excited about moving forward. He goes, I can't wait for the day where I can look across the table and see you as an equal.
1: What no. a weirdo!
3: And I was like, I was, a good start, man." And, and like, I understand, like, he meant like financial equal. He's a millionaire. I'm not. And like, I, I, I get where he was guess, going, but at the same me. time, I'm like, "Dude, I'm, I'm a person, right?" Yeah. Like, like, what do you, what do you mean, See me as an equal, right? But, but th- it was like this, this seed that was planted in my head of like, I have to go pay my dues. I haven't earned yeah, it yet. I'm not equal. I'm not good enough, know? right? And it, and it got to a point where that partnership, like I said, uh, kind of faded and I was supposed to be getting a salary and some other stuff and then got taken away. And there's a lot of like, um, little things that, that accumulated over time. And so I had to go out and start brokering. I got, I paid for my own broker's license, started brokering some real estate here in Cleveland. Again, I was living back in Cleveland and, um, uh, got into like wholesaling and started investing. I had a non compete with them locally, but I could invest out of state. And, and like, I saw how much money I was making without these guys. And it gave me the belief that's like, dude, BS, man, I have paid enough dues, right? It is my time. Like, why not me? I think like asking yourself that question, why not me? Why don't I deserve, like I do deserve this. Uh, Nobody's going to anoint you as worthy. Right. And I was waiting for somebody to come and tell me that I was then worth having success. Right. And nobody's going to do it for you. You have to just be like, I deserve this. Right. And I think that was a mental shift for me that said, I don't need these guys. I can go and do this on my own. And it allowed me to then posture up with them a little bit more in our partnership agreement, which they didn't like, right. Cause they could dictate everything for the first three years. And that's what, that's when the wheels came off. We ended up liquidating everything and that's okay. It was a tough time when it, when it, when it occurred, okay. uh, we have a, a decent relationship still though. And um, uh, but that mindset shift, I think really um, popped for me. And I don't know if it was, it was a lot of little things kind of like the straw that broke the camel back might've been one or two um, conversations or things that they tried taking on. Like essentially what happened is they wanted, they saw that I was making money outside of what they were doing and they wanted, you know, 67% of all my commissions on the broker side. And I was well, like,
2: it's not going to happen. True. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. And, and so, and so that was really the straw that broke camel back. And I was like, I don't need this. I know I'm worth it. I could make money elsewhere. Da, da, da. And that mindset shift, and just empowerment, I guess, that I, that I finally gave myself was, um, was a big leap for me.
1: Yeah, mindset, so important. You know, you talked a little bit about it earlier, but that uh, there's lots of good books out there to do it. And that is one thing. If you really want to change stuff, just start thinking about things different.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, Think and Grow Rich, amazing yeah. book. That's That's- How, How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah. amazing book. Um, uh, I'm reading uh, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz right now awesome book. Um, a, a very simple book that, that just gives good, um, foundational elements and principles to life and living a good life is, is a book called 12 pillars by Jim Rohn. And, um, it's like a hundred pages. You can read it in a day or two and, uh, packed with very profound principles. And that's made a, like a massive impact on my life. I read that book probably twice a year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, all, all good books. And that's just kind of plant starts planting the seed and and, and starts changing and shifting yep. your mindset, you know?
1: No, it is funny, you know, you're probably like what in your mid late twenties when you start realizing like what do I need these other bozos for? I just yep. do It's funny that there is like this thing, you know, and what we do, you know, we're dealing with a lot of gray hairs, you know, day to day and maybe somebody thinks they should go down the hall to someone that's been at it for, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 or even forty years longer. Um and that, you know, it's just something that you deal with. But like, you know, we've we've thankfully, I think, done pretty well with convincing people that that's not important.
3: Yeah. I, I do think it's important to have a mentor. Yeah. Do they have to be a business partner? No. Like I'm, I'm a business partner killer, actually. When people are like, oh, should I partner up with this person? Partner. I was like, listen, everything's awesome. Right. And you guys know this, you guys are attorneys yeah, and you guys do business law. Um, everything's awesome. But then just life happens. And sometimes it's right. not even business. Right. I mean, sometimes it could be business. You lose money. You really find out how a person responds. God forbid you make money, and they, they can get even nastier, right? Um, yeah, uh, but but then there's just other stuff, you know. People have kids, people have families. They get married, they get divorced, they move out of state, they want different life, they make some money, and they want to retire, whatever. And so you can't really, I don't know, speculate on that stuff even as much as you want to on the front end. So um, I don't get married to anybody other than my wife. Yep. Uh, but I will joint venture on a deal by deal basis with people. So if it is a single uh purpose business or a single purpose uh apartment building, let's say one, two, three, Main Street, I'll bring in multiple partners on that and partner up with people who who have skills that complement mine, you know, things that uh maybe I'm not good at, they're really good at, things that they're not good at. I'm I can balance them out. And we're able to kind of uh complement each other without dancing out each other's strengths. And when you do that, that works out really well because one plus one can equal three in that capacity you could do more together and excuse me uh so so we do a lot of joint ventures on a deal-by-deal basis but what i don't want is for one partnership to go south and I have to liquidate the entire portfolio like i did with these guys you know four years ago so um
1: and that, and, and that kind of is nice way to get into uh you know why don't you talk a little bit about syndication you know you, you don't get to 250 million dollar portfolio without getting your arms around you know, building teams, not marrying these people, but using them for what, you know, what the, what the deal needs. And uh, then you can just scale one plus one is three or 3,200, you know, yep. so um, you know, talk a little bit, you know, briefly about syndication. To you know how that's helped you scale? And uh,
3: Yeah. So, you know, I come from the residential realm. So as far as a business model is concerned, I used to buy houses, fix them all up and be all in for 65% of that after repair value. So if I was going to sell the house for a hundred grand, I'd have to be all in for $65,000 purchase price renovations. And that would give me enough room then to pay commissions and closing costs and all these other things that then allowed me to make a little bit of a profit. So when I got into apartment buildings, I just took that exact same model and I duplicated it. You just add a few zeros. So instead of being all in, um, to a $100,000 building. I'm all into a $10 million building and I'm all in for 6.5 million bucks. And now there's enough juice in the squeeze. So what was really exciting about apartments. Oh, thanks buddy. Got
1: another oh, one.
3: Hudson. Hudson. So, uh, what was really exciting about apartment buildings though, was that I was able to um, bring on a players. If you were to carve up $20,000 amongst you know the three of us and a contractor and somebody else like all of a sudden it 's not that exciting to go do a hundred thousand dollar house right because there 's not enough juice in the squeeze for all of us but when there 's three million dollars of equity in a project, guess what you can bring on an attorney partner, you can bring on a general contracting partner and boots on the ground and bring on a management company who 's only compensated based on the performance of the property and Now there's enough juice in the squeeze where everybody's got hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars of equity in this deal. And it's just, it just makes more sense. Right. So, and you can surround yourself with a players instead of B players and C players. And so um, I'll give you an example. I was out in Madrid. My brother lives in Spain and I was out there in May of this year uh, for almost a month, about three, a little over three weeks. And as I'm out there, I'm hanging out. I'm maybe checking my email every other day for 30 to 45 minutes. And that was it. And we cl- and we bought um a 96 unit building and a 200 unit build and we no, and we bought a uh um and a 24 unit building as well. So we picked up over 300 units while I was gone with, without me doing anything because I surrounded myself with A players and I was willing to give up a little piece of the equity to these other guys so to help them build long-term wealth and guess what then they you know i become when you have eight players on your team you know stuff's getting taken care of you, they have the same mentality as as we do here on this podcast of just let's get stuff done i know it's good. like if i handed something over to you guys i know it would get done because i know your caliber and i know your your character and um uh and, and hopefully vice versa right and so when when you surround yourself with people who have that same sort of mentality versus surrounding yourself with hourly employees or you know general contractors who are in and out of jobs all the time like you know like that kind of stuff it's it's tough to do so it was easier to do bigger deals than it was to do smaller deals on the syndication side and it, it, as crazy as it is people are like why would i spend my time private money lenders for example they're like you know i could either underwrite uh, you know 100 single family deals Absolutely. or i can underwrite one 100 unit apartment building you know, and it's easier for me to come in and invest in one building than in a hundred different single families. So like more A players hang out in this realm of bigger commercial type stuff because there's more money, more equity. Um, it's, it's actually less work overall. And you're just dealing with higher quality, high, higher caliber of individuals uh, when you're doing bigger deals. So it's as counterintuitive as that is, exactly. it's easier to do big deals than it is to do small deals.
0: Yep. I like it. Excellent. Uh, Well, you want to move on to the third uh, segment of our here's the deal? Here's the deal. That's right. So we've talked about, you know, what you do
1: and some of the details about what do you do outside of gazillions of apartment units? You know, what do you like doing? um,
3: So from a business perspective, I usually stay in my lane. I've tried a bunch of different other stuff. I've looked at other asset classes. I bought vacation rentals. I bought land, Um, tried flipping, uh, all sorts of different stuff. And that's, that's hard. And man, when I, when I, what, what you realize, you can figure it out and you can be really good at it. Um, the issue is when you're, uh, a, uh, a, an attorney that just does general practice or you're, uh, um, a physician that does general practice, you can make a good living, right? Um, you guys are niched in really estate planning and syndication law too, right? Uh, you do some other general business stuff, but because when you, when you have a niche, you can get rich. Right. And what I found is the the more um, specific and and specialized a doctor is, the more money they make. Right. And um, instead of making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year as a general practitioner physician, if they're a brain surgeon or a neurosurgeon or even uh, uh, a chiropractor or an optometrist. Now you're talking about many times what a general physician makes just because they're specialized and people want to go and talk to a specialist and do business with a specialist because they're the best in the industry, what they do. Right. Um, And so from a, from a business perspective, I just stick to apartments. That's it. That's the only thing that I do. Um, I'll passively invest with other people who are experts in that asset class now, but I do not try to actively operate in any of that stuff because every time I do, I lose time or I lose money. Yeah. And I'm tired of doing that. Right. So when people come to me and they're like, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, I have all these different businesses. I was like, I bet you're broke. Right. Um, I bet you're eating cereal for breakfast. Maybe that's what that means because you can't afford anything else. Right. So, um, from a business perspective, I just focus on, on apartments and that's all I do. Um, outside of that, man, you know, I got a two year old and a four year old, both of which have come over here and we've talked to, um, uh, just hanging out with the family. Yeah. and And doing stuff like that, I like traveling a lot, and uh, we spend a lot of time down in Florida, down in South carolina uh, We're still in Cleveland right now, and Cleveland's awesome in the summertime and the fall and then we just kind of escape the the winter weather a little bit in uh in the off season so um yeah man i i, I, I travel i I'm, I'm part of a lot of different uh masterminds and yep. coaching groups yeah, I, no, yep. I, I think that's really important stuff and that's probably part of the transition in 2015 when I got away from those partners and got uh, into doing some stuff on my own is I had a little bit of success. And then I'm also plugging into masterminds and people like, you can do it. You know, they're cheering me on and, and doing some of this. I was like, yeah, maybe I can do it. Right. And um, sometimes you got to get that, that, that inspiration from outside Mm -hmm. of you. And that, and that helps to be in those kinds of circles. And for anybody who doesn't know what a mastermind is, uh, Rethinking Grow Rich, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a philosophy that's been around for a long time. but Essentially, it's getting a group of entrepreneurs or, or achievement oriented thinkers together uh, in a room. And based on the collective brain power and um, experience that those um, achievers have had, you go around the room and you're like, hey, listen, here's what I'm good at. Here's how I can contribute to the group. And here's my number one struggle today, right? And based on everybody else's experience chances are somebody's been through that and they can say hey you know adam i i was through that 6 months ago and here's what i did here's what worked out really really well and here's what didn't work out for me right or then paul chimes in he's like dude i know exactly what you're going through and boom 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 you know and so and you're like you sometimes you just need to hear it when you're inside of a of a situation like i was with those business partners i was like i couldn't even see outside the box i didn't know what to do i was like just crumbling you like Right. i can't see past my my um a uh, few feet in front of my face and you just need somebody to come out with this twenty thousand foot perspective and be like all right let's look at where all the players are and where uh, all the all the chess pieces are and here's here's what you got to do man think of it from a more uh objective
1: uh, perspective. yeah
3: and so um that's what that's uh, something that helps out so i mean I'm, I'm big into masterminds and that's really like been my social network i think um I have a lot of friends a lot of good friends right that that i've had a common past with but um maybe not a common future and uh it sounds kind of harsh to say but it's just we're on different trajectories right i think i feel like life is a a train ride some people are meant to be on for a few stops some are meant to be on for the whole ride and um uh m- you know many people come and go and they get on and get off in different parts of your life and uh for me the masterminds and the people that I hang out with, like you guys and uh, a bunch of you know Steve and some of the other guys that are in Cleveland. And then uh, a lot of my national friends, like these are people that it's easy to have a conversation with. It's easy. You don't, you don't have to feel bad about, you know, telling them about what your ambitions are of having a billion dollar real estate portfolio. Right. Like you have to downplay that when you're hanging out with people, um, uh, from home sometimes. And, um, uh, and that's, that's tough to do. And, and, and they're more inspirational, you know, like uh, other buddies, I was at a wedding this past weekend with a bunch of friends from high school and college. And, uh, and some of them are like busting my chops. Cause I'm on podcasts and they're busting my chops because yeah, I'm on social funny. media, yeah, you, you know? And, 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 and part of it's busting my chops of just like being buddies and like co- yeah, yeah. cool. Like we always do yeah. that. Right. If we're not busting each other's chops, then there's something wrong. But yeah. at the same time there was like some resentment from a couple yeah, of 100%. people
1: yeah.
3: and, and you're like, wh- why? Because somebody's having success, you're going to pull them down. It's like, I don't know if you guys ever heard of like crab mentality, yeah. but when they catch crabs in the ocean, it's just, it's a cage without a top on it. And they put a little bit of bait inside of the cage and these crabs will crawl into the cage and they'll eat the bait. And then all the other crabs around will be like, oh man, something's going on over there. Let's go jump into the cage. And, the, and even when all the bait's gone, crabs are still jumping in. and And what happens is if any of the crabs figure out, oh, there's no more. There's no more bait in here. There's no more food in here. Let's, I'm getting out. And they start climbing up the wall. The other crabs are so uncomfortable by a change in the status quo that they end up pulling that crab back down right. off yeah, the wall. Yeah, it's a huge, yeah, a huge to, hole all the time. Yeah. To the extent of it that they'll even rip the, the, that crab's arms off and claws off or even kill the crab so that it cannot get outside of the cage. is that insane and and then and then they it's intense dude and but isn't that how some people are that like like, I don't like that somebody else is trying to better their life. I don't like that somebody else is trying to get outside the status quo, get outside the system and, and, uh, start their own business. You know, like go back to being a housewife, go back to being a, a plumber, go back to being an attorney, go back to being a residential in- like go back to do like, let's not, let's not get too uncomfortable here. Right. Let's, let's just do what's safe. Let's do what's secure. And sometimes it's, it's, um, intentionally, uh, uh, they're trying to pull you down. Sometimes it's unintentional, but what I found, man, is you gotta, you gotta place people in, in, in a few different buckets, right? One is increased association. That's people like you guys. I want to hang out with more, do more stuff with talk higher level, just like achievement, fun lifestyle. Um, how can we make impact on other people? Um, increased association. And then there's decreased association, which is people who maybe, maybe unintentionally Pull you back down, uh, or they have the same last name as you sometimes, right? <laughs> that you can't really get away from, but but you gotta see them on a limited basis. You just decrease yeah. that association. And then there's disassociation. There's the people who, you know, are naysayers, are negative. They're always like, and I and I'm not saying critical, like constructive criticism. I'm just yeah. like always starting an argument, always like, why are you doing that? Why you, like just negative, negative, it's just a drain hanging out with those people. Eliminate that, man. You yeah. gotta get those out of your life. Because as much as you pursue achievement and pursue success and pursue um um, giving a value and making an impact if you have those negative things it ends up like counterbalancing and you can't really get ahead so you got to get rid of the, the negative and pursue the positive and that's what really has created a spread um i think in in my life and a lot of other entrepreneurs that i see
0: yeah for sure that's cool awesome Thanks, Tim. Uh, really good stuff you're sharing here. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, last one, important deals. Um,
1: yeah. So what what do you got going on? Tell a uh, plug, something very important. We're, we're obviously lucky enough to speak at an event of yours coming up. Tell everybody about, you know, Legacy Wealth, Commercial Empire, and kind of work.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. Like I mean, hey, I, I have a lot of people reaching out to me. They uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm, Bigger than some of the small investors, but I'm not quite some hedge fund or REITs or whatever. So, whenever I post deals, I just kind of post stuff and tell people what's going on, how I just did a deal. Like, I'm going to post after this, how I'm going to close on 500 units today, what the numbers played out as, where I found the deal, just trying to give value, right? And I was, I've been doing that because I, I really do think that wealth is kind of like sunshine, right? There's, a, there's an infinite amount of it. You yeah. getting sunshine doesn't take any sunshine away from me. And, like, if you think about it, there are over 90,000. I just looked up the statistic on, on the housing and urban development website. Uh, there are over 90,000 apartment buildings in the United States, over 50 units.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. It's crazy.
3: When, when you think about that, do you know how many you need in order to change your financial future forever?
1: Yeah. One. Yeah.
3: So, so if you went out and bought 500 apartments right. over 50 unit, dude, changes you and doesn't adversely affect me in any way. Right. Hand.
1: 80,000 to choose
3: from. Yeah. There's over 680. Uh, there's another uh, almost 600,000 apartment buildings between five to 50 units. Yep. I think there's hundred.
1: I think there's 2,800, like 100 plus in Ohio. Ohio alone. Yeah. There,
3: there's, there's, uh, there's 44,000 apartment buildings over a hundred units. That is really wild. You need a small fraction of Did one you? of those.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, no, right for sure. Yeah. You need a
3: small fraction of one of those in order to change your financial future. And so, for me, I was always put it out there, helping other people. Like I think when you have uh, the ability and the knowledge and the skill set in order to make an impact on people's life, I think you have the responsibility to do that and to share that information. And if there's one or two people who get pissed about it, I don't really care because yeah. I know it's making a positive impact on you know, 50 others or 100 others or 200 others. So for me, I'm focusing on the on the people I'm making a positive impact on and not the people who are angry or mad or naysayers or whatever. I don't really care. I, usually I discard them anyways. Um, so I ended up doing that anyways on, on social media for the past couple of years and was approached by a bunch of people saying, hey, I want to buy deals from you, sell deals to you, joint venture with you. Um, and then they're hitting me up and saying, hey, I want to uh, lend you money or, or really I, I want you to, uh, mentor me, you know? And, And so it got to a point where I had so many people asking to mentor me. I just started putting out more content, free content on social media. I have my own podcast called legacy wealth show. And then, um, we decided to put, they wanted more formal of an education. So we put, uh, um, a three day event together called commercial empire, which you guys come out and participate in and sit on discussion panels and offer estate planning, um, ideas and, and, um, uh, syndication and how to stay compliant with uh, securities laws and all those kinds of things when you're raising money. And so, we go through A to Z of how I buy apartment buildings, how we find them, how we find them off market, direct to seller, how we underwrite them and make sure that they are a good deal, how we do the whole due diligence process, how we obtain financing for it, how we raise money uh, for the down payment so we don't have to use any of our own money. If we, if we don't can't qualify for ourselves on the loan, how we bring in a sponsor to co-sign on that loan, how we structure all the documentation, close on the property, we go the science of, of the renovation process and uh, making sure that you don't have all your tenants moving out, make sure you have good conversations with them and maintaining good quality tenants and screening tenants and working with management companies all that kind of stuff, and then what the exit strategies are you flipping it, selling it, holding it, refinancing it, whatever that looks like. Um, so we go through that entire thing along with some business development stuff and a lot of just wealth building uh, principles and so it's um it's really good, like our our reviews and are, are just and off the wall, man. Like it is just. Uh, uh, that's uh.
1: Commercialempire.com, right?
3: Yeah, so it's commercialempire.com, and it's um it's going really really well. So we don't do a lot of events. We do like one one a quarter. Uh, we got one coming up next week, um, here in here in Ohio. I'm not sure if this will air then, but uh, we got another one in November of 2019, yeah, probably down in Tampa. In, uh,
1: yeah. And these aren't, uh, these aren't hype fests either. You know, you might these no, no, no. two or three days, it's like very practical. You sign up, you get all the access to stuff. Tim's already paid for, you know, like all the boring legal stuff and, um,
3: yeah, like, the, fi- the $15,000 private placement memorandum that you guys charged me. I give, I give it to everybody for
1: free. That's like no joke. Like it's not, you, yeah, there's obviously hype to it and, and get everybody excited, but the great majority of it is like content and you can leave. Yeah. And pure content. Day, if you bump into somebody at the IGA that wants to sell their apartment complex, you can run with that and mm-hmm. actually call up Tim and he'll, he'll partner with you. So,
3: yeah. So, uh, so we have a lot of people who come and they get all the information. They go do deals on their own. Yep. And there's other people who are like, Hey, listen, I can find deals. I can over oversee contractors. I can be boots on the ground, but I need access to money or I need some yep. financing and help. And so like I partner up with students all the time who need money. So I'll bring That's money to their deals. And then there's other people who are like, listen, Looks good, but a little bit too much work than what I want to do. But I have money, or I have access to money. Right. Let me bring it to deals, and I can help them place their money in, in quality projects. Make sure it's safe, and um, um, you know everything's everything's secured and oversaw by my team and everything. Um, so it's it's cool because there's a lot of deal flow that goes on, and people, you know, uh, there was there was a guy who came out to the first one that that you guys plugged into. Um, in August of last year, yeah. he's a realtor, never owned a rental property. The only house he's ever owned was his own. And, uh, he's a partner in over 130 units today. His, his first investment property was a 70 unit apartment building. Mm, no like, like changed his life. Right. And like that, that's the stuff that feeds my soul. I don't need it. I don't do it for the money. I mean, I make 90% of my money from doing deals, not yeah. from the education business. So, uh, but it's cool because it, it does impact people a lot. And, um, we kind of—I just got back from a—we have a mastermind. That's the only other, you know, service or product or whatever thing that we have, and it's invite-only. So um, right. it's not like there's any upsells at this event. It's—it's it's just straight value-driven. So um, no, I appreciate you guys talking about that, and and uh, hope to see fun. some people the out there. And
1: thing. you're the first one. Have fun. Huge. I'm success. excited, dude. I think we did. I think it went pretty well.
0: With two small special guests. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, with
1: the, yeah, yeah with the real stars showing yeah. up every once in a while. <laughs>
3: I love it. Right, I love man. it.
1: Thanks a lot. Wish you all the best. Good luck. And we'll see you, I'm sure, very soon.
3: Well, I appreciate you guys and all the value you guys bring, not only to me, but to everybody else on social media. And I know this uh, the Here's the Deal podcast is going to be off the
2: off the wall, man. So yeah. I'm excited for it.
1: Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Dave. Have a good one.
2: Thanks for listening to Here's the Deal with Paul and Adam Vincent. Paul and Adam are brothers and real estate business attorneys from the Cleveland area. They also own a real estate and business brokerage. They can be reached at office at vincentesq.com or on Facebook. Theme music for Here's the Deal by Paul and Dan Vincent. And I'm David Vincent of DL Voice. Catch me on dlvoiceover.com. Thanks again for listening and best of luck with all your deals.